Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Glory to God. Go with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I just can't get off of this verse. I, um... I know we've spent the last couple Sundays together with this passage, Romans chapter 12, but this is where the Lord wants to go. You know, his reminders are just as good as his revelation, and so there are things we need to be reminded of. There are things that we need to be in remembrance of. There are things that we need to look back upon. I don't know about you, but I didn't get it the first time, amen? And when you give something focus and attention, you know, it takes a double glance, triple glance. You know, you got to keep, uh, keep it in review. And so we want to review God's Word. And we know that it's the revelation of the Holy Spirit that makes it come alive to us. But sometimes you just got to keep looking at it. So let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to speak tonight. Romans chapter 12 and... Verse 1, in the New Living, in the New Living Translation, and so dear brothers and sisters, so again, to reiterate, who's he talking to? You and I, he's talking to the church, right? Talking to the brethren. This is for us, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. We've seen other translations say, I urge you, um, I beseech you, therefore. So there's an urgency behind this plea, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. You know, it's, it's just such an, an amazing thought that we would withhold something when he withheld nothing. He withheld nothing from us. And so for us to withhold and, and limit access or restrict him from having any liberty to our lives, it, it's just, it, it, it is... Uh, it, it just does not allow us to receive all that God. You realize we're the only ones that don't benefit when we withhold from him. <laughs> we're the only ones that are restricted. We're the ones that ultimately are limited when we don't give him full access. He says to give uh, your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. You know that God does not have to accept whatever you give him. He's not obligated to just, well, thank you for bringing me what you could. Thank you for bringing me what you had. He's not obligated to, in, a, in an age, in a, in a society that we want to lean on acceptance. We've got to be accepting, got to have acceptance. If, they, if we can present something that's acceptable, guess what? You can present something that's unacceptable. So I want to present something that's acceptable to God. I want to bring something to God that he'll be pleased with. I want to bring something to God that he won't say, that's all you got? Of all that I've done for you, this is all you've got to bring back to me? I don't want to bring him back the one that he gave me that was buried in the ground. I want to go and produce. I want to go and double. I want to go and, and bring to him an investment that says, this is what I traded, I borrowed, I risked it all for you. This is what I have to present to you. The kind that he will find 
acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Notice this has nothing to do with raising your hands and all that you have playing music. Worship to God is offering back to him all that you have because of all that he's given you. That's true worship. That's true worship. That means that I could sing and dance and praise and play and do all those things, but actually never really offer worship to him. So I want to be, I want to bring him true worship. Don't copy verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you. Who does the transforming? God does. God's the one that does the transforming. I cannot transform myself. As much as I've tried, ask the Pharisees, as much as they tried, they were whitewashed tombs. They were dead on the inside, even though they all looked scrubbed and cleaned up on the outside. And that's the one thing Jesus confronted. Of all the things that Jesus overcame, and of all the things that Jesus uh, proved power over, the dead, the sick, demons, even nature itself, walking on water, calming and, and, and stopping storms, causing fig trees to die. Of all the things Jesus exhibited power over, the one thing he could not exhibit power over was an unrenewed mind. It's the one thing he could not operate, just come in and just take over your life. You know Jesus wanted to transform those Pharisees. You know Jesus wanted to transform if they would just give them the opportunity and knock their pride down and remain teachable and, and, and be accepting of who he was instead of combative and trying to come against his mission and his ministry, Jesus wanted to see them transform just as much as anybody else. But he could not overcome their unrenewed minds. He could not overcome their unteachable hearts. So it says that he will transform us into what? Into a new person by changing the way you think. So how am I changed on the outside? From the inside. I change what people see by working on what people can't see. When you work on the stuff on the outside without allowing God to work on the stuff on the inside, ultimately the whole thing fails. Ultimately, we are putting the attention and the emphasis in the wrong area. And so he's telling us that God works from the inside out, not the outside in. I don't dress it up on the outside. I remember I had a, uh, when we first uh, started the church down in San Augustine, we had a, a family that was real country. Real country. I mean, for us, that was real country. It was country until I came here. Now I've kind of gotten a new, a new definition of country a little bit but these guys were real country and he called it putting lipstick on a pig that's what he called it dressing up something on the outside that's like taking a, a old dead beat up car that doesn't run and putting a you know shiny new paint job on it taking it to the car wash detailing it but cranking it up and there ain't nothing there what good is that it looks good but it's not effective God's not looking for a dressed-up church. God's looking for an impactful church, a church that makes a difference, a church that acknowledges that I've got to work on the stuff on the outside, but I'm going to let him work on the stuff 
on the inside. So I'm not going to point my fingers at the stuff that's still messed up on the outside because I know that we're all letting God work on the stuff on the inside. Amen? And eventually, there's fruit that will come of that. I don't even have to make a demand on the fruit. If you are doing the things uh, right underneath the soil, you know, the roots are so important. I mean, for Mother's Day, I did not go and, and dig up some stuff out of the ground, cut it off, and give my wife roots for Mother's Day. That Nobody wants the roots. It's not the stuff that people are attracted to. It's not the stuff that people desire, but if you don't take care of the root, guess what? You never get the stuff that people want. You never get the fruit. And if I don't like the fruit I'm bearing now, I need to look at the roots that I put in the ground in the past. I've got to get to the root of the issue. I've got to get to the heart of the matter. Jesus is saying that we've got to work from the inside out. We've got to take care of the stuff no one sees so that we can give people the stuff that they want the stuff that they really need. So he says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Don't don't we all want to know God's will? Anybody want to know God's will? I want to know God's will for my future. I want to know God's will for for his plans for me. Uh, I want to know what those plans that are good and, 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 you know, to benefit me, plans of, of good and not for evil. I want those plans to operate in my life. And I want to know those plans. I want to I know what God is up to in my life. Well, how do I get there? I allow him to work on my thinking. I allow my mind to be renewed to his word. And so he says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Again, we've been looking at this in the beginning of verse 2. It says, to, uh, we do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. The Amplified reads it this way in verse 2. The Amplified reads it this way. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. That's the Amplified. Fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. By its new ideals and its new attitudes. So that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. The New Living, or I'm sorry, the New uh, International, the NIV, reads it this way in verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern. Everyone say pattern. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Tonight, I want to talk to you about productive patterns. Productive patterns. Um, anybody, uh, a, a regimented individual, you, would, you, you like consistency. I like to know. Some of y'all are pointing to your neighbors. You're like, that's this one over here. They want to know what's coming in five years. 
They want to know what's coming in 10 years. They want to wake up in the morning and have the regimen, have the routine, have the consistency. You know, consistency is important to life. We are not defined by what we do occasionally. We're defined by what we do consistently. If I occasionally go to the gym, that's not enough to produce the results that I'm looking for. I need to consistently go to the gym. I need to have a consistency where I'm able to discipline my life and model my life after some things. You know, we've talked about it before, that motivation is key to getting started, but discipline is key to finishing what you start. It's great to get started. It's great to, to, to have this, all of a sudden, this drive and this initiative to want to address things, challenge things, fix things in our lives. But if we don't develop consistency, it will not produce results. I'm not producing results in my life from what I do occasionally, every now and then, when I think about it, when I feel like it. You know what consistent people do? They do it when they feel it and when they don't. Feeling has nothing to do with it. Pushing past feelings. Pushing past what I want to. Pushing past what I, when, when I feel, well, I get there when I feel like it. And all of us have different motivators in our life. It might be a paycheck. It might be a spouse. It might be kids. Whatever your motivation is, you ultimately have to develop the discipline. Motivation has a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Motivation uh, eventually will run out. Eventually, motivation won't be good enough. This was my motivation to begin with, but if I don't develop the discipline and the consistency. And so he's talking about not becoming conformed to the patterns of this world. What are those patterns? Those are things that I become conformed to. Those are things that I become consistent in, so consistent that I can do it without even thinking about it. So consistent that it doesn't even take a whole lot of effort and work anymore for me to begin to exhibit those things and practice those things in my life. Here's the thing that I know about patterns. All patterns produce. All patterns produce. If it's a healthy pattern or an unhealthy pattern. If it's a good pattern or a bad pattern. It, it doesn't matter what the pattern is. It's producing something in our lives. And he, out, he outlines here, you can always take the implication from what is not mentioned. So earlier I said that we uh, can present our lives as a living, holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Well, guess what? I can also present a life that is more interested on my agenda and my plan and my desires and will be unacceptable, right? I can always draw these conclusions and I can draw the implication of what's not mentioned by what is mentioned. And so, if I can align my values and align my life, be transformed by the renewing of my mind to conform to his will and his plan, I will prove his perfect will. Guess what? If I don't 
align my plan and my will and my agenda with his, become transformed by the renewing of my mind, guess what? If I conform to the world, that pattern will produce what he's not pleased with, what is not good, what is not acceptable. And this is not, you know, there's a good, there's a pleasing and acceptable. Which level do you want to meet God on? You ever heard, oh, it's not his perfect plan, but it's a good plan. No, he's not giving you three different types of plans. This isn't a cell phone. Like, you're not walking in a cell phone store. Which plan would you like today, sir? Would you like the good plan? Would you like the perfect plan? Or would you like the the pleasing plan? No, it would be like if I was describing my truck and saying it's a white, big, four-door truck. It's three adjectives explaining the same thing. We're not talking about three different types of plans that God wants you to, to decide from. He's talking about one plan that he wants you to live out, and it will produce all of these results in your life. Amen. And so I want to go after the, the good and the acceptable and the perfect plan. I want all three of them. Give me all three. Give me the one that exhibits all of those. It's good. He it, accepts it, and it's pleasing to him. He finds pleasure in it. That's the one that I want. So, these patterns produce. Patterns produce. And so, if you have a product in your life that you don't like, then I have to go to the pattern that produced it. You with me? Still writing down the last point. Okay, Catch up. Let's keep up now. If I don't like the product, I can't complain about the product. I can't complain about the fruit if I planted the seed. I can't complain about the product if I'm not changing the pattern. Now, God ultimately is the one in charge of the product. We already covered that. I I, I can't change the product. Paul talked about that in, in, in Romans chapter 7. The very thing I don't want to do, I do it. And the thing that I want to do, I don't do it. This, this, this flesh versus spirit, this, this uh, uh, hostility between the two, and this division between the two, my flesh will never want the things of God. If you're wanting, if you are hoping one day you'll wake up and just have this great desire for the things of God and, and man, I just want to be in the word and I just, the only way that happens is if you kill the flesh. Your flesh is never going to say, you know what, I'm tired of all these lustful things. I'm tired of always pleasing myself and doing what I want and making sure I'm satisfied. For once, I'm going to wake up today and seek after God's plan. No, your flesh wants nothing to do. The Bible even tells us it will never want anything to do with God and his plan. It doesn't happen. And so I have to kill that flesh. I have to kill that agenda. I have to kill those desires. I have to put to death and crucify the the fleshly carnal nature. Of course, I'm not talking about our bodies, our flesh. I remember one time I was uh, uh, teaching in Nicaragua on this very thought, this very point, crucifying the flesh. Well, the translator kept using the word for like literal flesh. 
I think it's I think it was carne. And so I'm seeing their eyes are I'm losing them. They're freaking out. And so I'm like, what? I stopped. I was like, is there something? I'm, are you saying something? I'm not saying what's going on here. And so they, they started this conversation with the translator. I'm just standing here like, when you figure it out, let me know so we can go on. But they're talking about the right word to use. And so I said, no, we're not talking about the flesh. We're talking about the nature, the nature that you were born into, the nature that Adam bore us all into by one act of sin. We were all born into that sin. The fleshly, natural, carnal nature of man that wants nothing to do with God. Romans chapter 5 talks about it. Romans chapter 5 in the New Living talks about the pattern that we were born into. Verse 12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Everybody say, thanks, Adam. Yep. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. Death was the product. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. So sin was the pattern. Death was the product. Sin was the pattern that we were all stuck in. Anybody ever been stuck in a pattern? Yeah. takes 21 days to what? Create a habit? To create a pattern? You ever notice that it's the unhealthy patterns that are the easiest to set in your life? It doesn't take much for me to do nothing. Or say, I don't really have a pattern. Yeah, you do. You have a pattern of doing nothing. Well, I'm not consistent with it. Then you are consistently inconsistent. That's what you are. I don't do anything consistently. Then you are consistent at doing nothing consistently. There's a pattern somewhere. There's a pattern. There's an unhealthy pattern somewhere in your life. And it's a cycle. It's a pattern. Whether you put it there intentionally or whether it showed up accidentally, there's a pattern somewhere. He says everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, Everyone died, product. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God. So what's he saying? You were born into the pattern whether you wanted it or not. You didn't have a, have a choice. You didn't come into this world and say, okay, do you want the pattern of the kingdom or do you want the pattern of Adam? We are all automatically born into sin. Romans 3.23 tells us, that we, are, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all of us need a pattern adjustment. Don't look at your neighbor, but we all need pattern adjustment. Some of y'all are thinking of patterns that everybody else needs. But we all have need of a, an adjustment to the patterns in our life. And if we can change the pattern, we can change the product. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who is yet to come. Why? Because Adam and Jesus were both pattern setters. So, Adam set a pattern of sin. It took the second Adam, Jesus, to create a new pattern of righteousness. That's why they're both alike. 
And so now we have the choice. Now we can freely choose Adam's pattern, Christ's pattern, sin pattern, righteousness pattern, death pattern, life pattern. You see where we're going? This is a representation of Christ who is yet to come, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater. I said even greater. He said even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. What's he saying? Jesus has a better pattern. I said Jesus has a better pattern. Jesus has a stronger pattern. Jesus has a pattern that can whip and destroy the other pattern pattern if you will allow it to operate in your life. If you will submit your life. See, when he says do not be conformed to the world, he wants you to be conformed to something. A pattern is not the problem. The pattern is the problem. You need a pattern in your life. He's not telling you to be free from patterns. He's saying to pattern yourself after a different man. He's saying to pattern yourself after a, th- after a different thought. Patterns produce. Whatever's being produced is dependent upon the pattern that you've implemented in your life. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result, everyone say result. Or the product of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. If you're feeling condemned, guess what? You have lent yourself over to the wrong pattern. Shame comes from the other pattern. Death comes from the other pattern. We've got to adjust the patterns. We've got to look at the patterns. I know that we all want to focus on the fruit. We want to focus on the product. But guess what? God's already taken care of that. God's taken care of the product so that you and I can take care of the pattern. God has taken care of the product so that you and I can take care of the pattern. I heard someone say just a couple of weeks ago, right in line with this message, that God changes the heart. We change the habits. God works on the stuff you can't so that you can work on the stuff that you can. But many times, what do we do? We're so busy working on the stuff that we can't change that we abandon and neglect the very thing we can change. I don't work on my patterns, and I don't work on what I do habitually, and I don't work on on what I'm doing on day in and day out and my regimen and my routine and my discipline. I'm over here just, God, change this, and God, do this, and I'm trying to change all the stuff that I can't change. And he's saying, if you would let me do my job, I would actually empower you to do yours. See, we're not free and clear in this thing. We don't pray a prayer of salvation and boom, everything's changed. Anybody notice that? Come down to the altar. You're the same. On the inside, you're made alive. On the inside, you're made brand new instantly. It's an event. You can mark it on a calendar. You can write the date and the time. You can write who prayed with you. You can write where you were, whatever you want. 
But now the growth process, that takes time. That takes a new pattern. I've got to subject myself to a new pattern now. That means I can't walk away from here with a renewed spirit and walk back into the same pattern that I walked out of and expect any different results. The new life lays, lies dormant on the inside of me until I adjust my patterns, address my patterns. Come on, look at your neighbor, tell them I'm going to address my pattern. I'm going to address my pattern. We got to address it. We got to confront it. We got to challenge it. And this is so relevant right now because we're in the midst of challenging, right? These are challenging times. You needed challenging. You needed a wake-up call. You needed a disruption. You needed something to come in and shake you up a little bit. Amen. Some of y'all are learning patience. Yeah. You know what the Bible says about patience? Let patience have its perfect work. <coughs> let patience, that's not COVID. Let patience have its, I, I know what everybody's, now you're hypersensitive minds. He coughed, oh my God. Y'all get up here and preach and see if you ain't coughing. Get your vocal cords. I'm still working it out, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think they said over 1.3 million recovered worldwide. Yeah, you don't ever hear that statistic. We just hear the other one, the other side. Over 1.3 million recovered. Yeah, let, praise God. If, 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 if nobody's going to say it, somebody's saying it. Goodness. But God's free gift, for Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads. God's free gift leads. God's free, what is leading you? We always talk about how we, we always talk about where we end up, but we don't ever talk about what we followed to get there. Oh, I fell into sin. No, you didn't. You thought about it. You dwelt on it. You, 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 uh, you lived in it. Well, I wonder what that, well, you know, it was going on up here way before it showed up out here, right? You were led into it. You followed blindly, willingly, unwillingly. You set yourself on a course, and the Holy Spirit was speaking the whole time. The Holy Spirit was throwing up a red flag. No! Okay. I won't condemn you, but I'll convict you when you come back, right? I'm not going to make you feel lousy, but I am going to help draw the junk out of you so we can produce the things of God in your life. Now, I was way up here trying to help you not end up back there. Come on back. Let's look at it. Review the tape, right? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's not going to condemn you, but he's going to challenge you because God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. What's that? Product. Product. Where I end up, that's my product. That's the goal. That's the finish line. That's the target. To our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. Death, product. Sin, pattern. 
but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. Righteousness, product. Grace, pattern. Are you walking in grace or are you walking in sin? Are we walking in the pattern that will produce the result that we want? Amen. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the pattern. Life is the product. You following me? We have productive patterns. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. There's never a better time to talk about patterns than when they're disrupted, than when they're challenged. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Free from the power of the pattern. Free from the power, the pattern produces power. The power is in the pattern. I said the power is in the pattern. The power is in the pattern. There's a pattern of sin, which leads to death. There's a pattern of righteousness, which leads to life. The power is in the pattern. I can't live a pattern of sin and expect a product of righteousness. No, I've got to align my pattern, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. They produce something you don't want. They produce something you don't need. They produce what is against God. But he has a new pattern. It's called a new covenant. It's called a new testament. I'm so thankful Jesus went to the cross to change my pattern. Jesus went to the cross so I could have a new product. I don't have to have a product of fear and shame because I've got a product of life and love. Address the pattern. Address the pattern. You are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead. Everyone say lead. What's he saying? Now you've got a new pattern that brings you to a new product. You see this? This is why we preach so thoroughly and so efficiently that praying the prayer of salvation is not about ending up somewhere different when you die. This is why we preach so consistently that praying the prayer, coming into the kingdom of God is not about where I end up. It's about what I do here about what I bring here because there's a pattern that needs to be adjusted there's a path do we have pat have you noticed the world's patterns have you noticed the cycles that they get on have you do you spend any time on Facebook and evaluate the patterns that are there watch the news and evaluate the patterns it's so patterned, and then we wonder why we have a product. We wonder, we wonder why it produces what it produces. Certain patterns can only produce certain products. Can't plant orange seeds and get apples. It's impossible. 
It's reaping and sowing. It's a kingdom principle. You can't avoid it. You can't get out of it. What a man sows, that will he also reap. Yeah. So what's going in is producing what's coming out. You're free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. And let me just tell you this. You're not doing it to achieve something. You're doing it because of something. Let's get it right. You're not working to get the product. You're working because of the product. You're not working to get God's love. You're working because of his love. You're not working to become righteous. You're working because you are righteous. Work is involved, yes. Work is a part of the equation, yes. We're not going to preach a grace that leaves us where we can do whatever we want and God's grace has saved us and redeemed us and therefore whatever I do from here on out is covered by the blood. That's not what the blood's for. The blood is to empower you to change the pattern because of the product. See, God put the product in front of the pattern. He made you righteous, therefore you are holy. Therefore, you can live holy. Therefore, you can exhibit holiness. Therefore, you can live a a life exhibiting power over sin. Why? Because you are righteous. You know, you can't be any more righteous than you were the day you came into the kingdom. All I can do is become more aware of my righteousness. Like one minister I heard, he said that, The Holy Spirit's job when you come into the kingdom is to introduce your new you to the old you. Now I'm discovering who I am. Now I'm discovering the power I have. Now I'm discovering the life of God that's alive inside of me. I'm not trying to get more of the life of God. I'm trying to become more aware of the life of God. It's there. I said it's there. And the level of the life of God that you produce in your life is based upon the level of the pattern of the life of God that you allow your life to operate in. Productive patterns. Here it is. For the wages of sin is death. Pattern, sin. Death, product. The wages of. Sin will always, always has, always will pay out in death. It cannot produce. The pattern of sin will always produce death. It is not capable of producing anything else. It cannot, will not, never produce anything beneficial in your life. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, everyone say free gift, that the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So when we change our pattern, he can change the product. When I address the pattern, he will address Last passage I want you to look at, John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Y'all getting something tonight? We need a new pattern. This is why he says, don't be conformed to the world. The world does. He needs us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
the world does. I, I'm not transforming, I'm not being transformed by the renewing of my mind just for myself. Just so I can live a better life, happier life. I'm being transformed so I can in turn transform the world around me. But people that conform can't transform. Conforming drains your power to transform anything around you. If I become like it, how can I change it? If I exhibit more of what it looks like, then how can it ever look like me? Come on. And look, God's kingdom and this world are in direct opposition. They look nothing alike. It's okay to stand out. I said, it's okay to stand out. It's okay to be the one in the crowd that sounds different, looks different, responds different, talks different, acts different. It's okay to be that person, guys. I'm not talking about radical craziness that, that distracts people from the kingdom. I'm talking about a radical craziness that draws people to the kingdom. You're either distracting people from the kingdom or you're drawing people to the kingdom. I'm talking about a love that this world knows not of. I'm talking about a peace in your mind that they will desire and come after you for. I'm talking about a marriage so kingdom built and so kingdom strong that the world will plead with you to share your secrets and the resources. I'm talking about a family unit and a family structure that so exhibits the kingdom of God that they will come running you down saying, please tell us what you're doing. That's what I'm talking about. The world should be coming after us for our stuff. The world shouldn't be telling us when to have service and when to not. They should be coming to the church and saying, we don't know what to do about this virus. Can you please help us? Should be the other way around. But I'm sorry, but a church that has more conformed to the world offers no hope to the world. Let me put it this way too. A church that condemns the world can't offer any hope to the world. If we spend more time talking about how we are better than they are, instead of helping them better themselves, they won't come running to us. They won't come to us asking us, how can I be saved? Peter and, and John and those first early disciples didn't walk out of that holy upper room empowered by the Holy Spirit and start pointing out everybody's faults and failures. They came to them and said, what do you guys have? And 3,000 came into the kingdom in one day. One day. The first mega church right there, right out the gates. Making disciples. It says that they shared with each other and they, 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 they sat under the apostles' teaching and, and everything that they had belonged to everybody. And they were sharing of bread and 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 drinking and eating together and praying together and devoting their lives together. People that in the blink of an eye came from the world and came into the kingdom. Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins and receive ye the Holy. He didn't hold back. He didn't water down the word just so the word could so the world could 
receive it. But there was love operating off of his life. There was, there was something in his life that drew them to him. He would think that that, you know, that was after the Holy Spirit moved. They thought they were drunk initially. That's how crazy and radical they were. At first they were, but then when Peter talked, Peter preached, Peter ministered, 3,000 came into the kingdom. From all cultures and all backgrounds, all races, all nations. This is what God wants to do. This is why we've got to change our pattern because he wants a different product. John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. If you're not producing anything, then you have a pattern of unfruitfulness. You'll be cut off. You'll be, you'll be eliminated. There's only one pattern God's looking for. There's only one pattern that God accepts, and that is the pattern of being faithful so you can be fruitful. Faithfulness yields fruitfulness. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more Fruitful, what's he doing? Addressing the pattern. What's pruning? When you get pruned in your life, that's simply God coming in and adjusting the pattern because the pattern's what produces. So if we want different product, we have to address the pattern. So pruning comes in and says, hey, this pattern in your life, it, it, you know, there was a season where that worked, but you're moving into a season where that pattern's not going to cut it anymore. Those people won't cut anymore. Those relationships, those friends, that, those habits, those things, it's got to be eliminated. You got to get rid of that because there's more fruit. There's a greater product. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. If you want what no one else is getting, you've got to do what no one else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anybody watching the Michael Jordan documentary? The TV 14 version, not the... Y'all are clueless. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. My gosh. It will, it will change your life. Not that way. But one thing that's just incredible that... And, and he said this. They, they interviewed him and, and, you know, just kind of did a little precursor before they released all these documentaries. And just looking at his life, looking at his career, what made him so great. And he made this statement before they all came out. And I was kind of like, really? Are you sure? He said, people are going to see me in a completely different light after this comes out. And I'm sure that people will hate me. And dislike me, even though they, you know, thought I was a hero and thought I was great. This is going to show, what's, what's he saying? Everybody saw the product of my life, but now they're going to see the pattern that produced it. See, this is what we do is we look at people's products and we want their product, but we don't want their pattern. You look at how much. I mean, really, honestly, the thing that I've gained from all this is he's got to be one of the loneliest people on the face of the planet. All the bridges this man burned to win six championships, two three-peats, 
The people he yelled at, the people he cussed out, the people that he drove into the ground, the relationships he severed. I mean, it's just, and, and I'm talking great. You, you would think, oh, they got to be great. They, they got to be great friends. They got to be in a great, re- I mean, you know, that's just the camaraderie. No. He drove them so hard, they wanted nothing to do with them. And to this day, some of them won't talk about him. Some, to this day, some of them won't have anything to do with him. What it cost him. Patterns will cost you. But to get the product, what are your patterns costing you? Now, obviously, that's a negative connotation. I'm talking about a positive connotation. Pruning will cost you. But what are you willing to give up to get the product, the end goal, the end result? He says he prunes those so that they will be even more fruitful. What's he trying to get to? A different product. You've been producing this for a period of time. It's now time for you to produce this. But to produce this, you've got to change this. You've got to change the pattern if you want a different product. It's going to cost you some patterns. It's going to cost you some things that you desired. It's going to cost you some things you were comfortable with. It's going to cost you some things that you had grown accustomed to. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. What's he saying? You already have the product. Now change the pattern. I am in charge of the product. You're not clean, you're not clean because you did anything. He said, you are now clean because I have given you the word. I gave you the product. Now you work on the pattern. Remain in me as I also remain in you. What's that talking about? Consistency, faithfulness, routine, discipline. There's got to be a consistency. It's not here or there. It's not running to God when the problems arise and then getting the product that you want. It's remaining in the pattern so that when the challenge does come, you are ready and armed to get the product that you desire. Amen. Remain. In me, abide in me. I think you sent out an email today about abiding and living in the word, taking up residence in the word of God. That's not a frequent, you know, weekend visitation Bible reading. That's not uh, when, when things arise and struggles come. Now I'm going to dig my nose in the word and try to find all those scriptures Pastor Mark has been giving me all this time. That's getting in and remaining in and finding a consistency and a diligence and a discipline to be a studier of the word. And then when the challenges come, guess what? I'm armed and ready. Bring it. You're going to wish you didn't challenge me. You're going to wish you didn't come against me. I'm your worst nightmare. Amen. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. What you're connected to determines what you produce. I said what you're connected to determines what you produce. You know what has been sad about this has been, I, I, I just, I can't even tell you how enamored I am and how blessed I am of this church, Anchor Faith Church. Your responses throughout this uh, season has just been remarkable, but it has also been sad to watch others' responses. It's been difficult to watch others. Why? Because crisis always reduces you to your discipline. Lack and deficiency always reduces you to your level of preparation. 
can never rise above your level of preparation. You're not accidentally gushingly. It's obvious what's been going in. Amen. So obvious what has not been going in some people. Amen. Let's keep going. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Here it is. Apart from me, apart from apart from this connectedness, you will produce nothing. You'll be, you'll, you'll be producing. That's the pattern. Father, we come to you right now and we acknowledge that we need your patterns in our lives. We do not want to be conformed to the way of the world, conformed to the way of doing but we want to address conform to their habits, conform to their behaviors, conform to their responses, but we want to address and adjust on the inside the patterns that we allow to overcome in our lives. Because, Father, we need to produce the kingdom of God. We need to produce heaven. Do I get what you we need to produce something that people look at us and say, how do I get what you have? How do I get what you, how are you getting that product? And we can point to them and say, man, I met a man that changed the product. I met a man that changed my heart. I couldn't love people the way I love people. But a man came into my life and he changed the way. But I conformed to his habits and I conformed to his patterns. And I transformed my life by transforming my thinking. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.